0: This is the cop think podcast where we answer the question, "Why do the police do what they do and I'm the host Brian Casey. My guest is Don Shenard. I say that name with confidence. I bet I said it right you did yeah, and uh this is what I thought of. it could be our topic, and it's kind of what I recruited you for if that's okay if I say it that way is browbeat oh, I like that you- you oh exc- no, did I say that all time? <laughs> <long? laughs> you did actually the uh is that um I really wanted to talk to what what we may refer to as a senior patrol officer. Okay, you qualify for that, right?
1: I guess that's what they tell me.
0: Yeah, they tell you that. Um, speaking of that, when you, st- I'm curious, what what year did you start at St. Paul? Uh, I started in St. Paul in uh, 1995. 95. Were you a cop before or anywhere?
1: I was. I worked uh, in uh, Eden Prairie for four years before that. And four years before that, I worked uh, out in McLeod County, a little town called Winstead. Yeah. And then uh, I actually started out up in northern Minnesota, up in Wadena County. Uh, worked up there in a little town called Monaga. That's where I got licensed after college.
0: And were you, uh, did you grow up there?
1: Yeah, I grew up in Sabika, which is about nine miles away.
0: So is that Iron Range or no? No,
1: nope. no, well, it's uh, central Minnesota. It's about an hour north of Brainerd. Oh. North and west.
0: So what year did you start? your cop career? Uh, 1985. Nice. So I know you're the old guy at the police department, I guess, but I started my ambulance career in 1985. Okay. So we started the same time doing public safety work. Matter of fact, I bet we crossed paths while you were in Eden Prairie because I was a Hennepin medic.
1: Yeah, probably. I was there from uh, 91 to 95. Hmm. Yeah,
0: so was I. Um, When you started Uh, I forgot the name of the town up there. How many cops were up there?
1: Managa, there was three. Actually, the chief was a retired St. Paul officer. His name was Wally Alf. He had uh, worked in St. Paul his whole career, retired, and uh, went up there to be the chief of police.
0: Well, back in 1985, when you started police work and when I started ambulance work, do you remember there were guys leaving after 30-year careers, and these were Vietnam vets, and, and and would you remember some of the guys that were still around, maybe even at St. Paul when you made it down here, or at your other jobs that were kind of had been in the career a long time?
1: Well, uh, again, Wally Off was my first chief. Uh, he actually uh, hired me. I got my license activated through them. Worked as a, um, a three-man department, and uh, I filled in there in the summer. Um, also worked for the uh, sheriff's department. Uh, working in the parks in the summer because they had a lot of tourists up there in the summer. So uh, a lot of those guys, like I said, Wally did his whole career here in St. Paul and then went up there. Um, yeah, a lot of the guys from the Sheriff's Department, they're all gone now. Mm-hmm. In fact, a lot of them have passed away. So, sure.
0: Did you love it, being a brand-new cop up there?
1: Yeah, I, I often get asked how much... I made starting out my first police job. Well, they paid you. Yeah, they did. Okay, three seventy-five an hour. <laughs> so we had a gun, a pair of handcuffs, a flashlight, and that was it. No portable radios. There was no. There wasn't anything like that. You, there was a ten code for every restaurant or gas station in the county. Yeah. And if you, the dispatcher had a list of all of those with a phone number. So if you checked out somewhere either at a gas station or a restaurant to eat. You checked out with a 10 code, and then you might be sitting there, and the phone would ring, and the waitress would come over and say, hey, it's the dispatcher. They got a call for you. And then you'd go get on the phone, and they'd say, hey, you got an accident out on the highway. so. And did you probably,
0: uh, like a lot of those rural Minnesota cops, you probably ate You had dinner with either a sheriff deputy or a state trooper or maybe a cop from another city or town or something?
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. It was usually the one deputy that might be on or the one trooper that was on in that area. You know, they would float around and have dinner with the small-town guys.
0: So I've only done police work in uh, St. Paul, but I think cops that get that experience, I think that's got to be super valuable,
1: small-town cop stuff. It's weird when I... Talk to people, other officers, now about you know what we didn't have a repeated radio system then. So if you stopped somebody in town in Monaga, you couldn't get out on the radio to the dispatcher to call in their name. So we would have to drive them <laughs> to the south end of town, up on the hill, and that really freaked people out, you know, especially at night. You, you were, thought uh, they were, were going to murder them. Yeah, where are you taking me? I'm like, oh, I can't get on the radio. We got to go to the top <laughs> of the hill. And so you'd put them in the back and drive up to the top of the hill and run their name and everything, because you couldn't get out in town it's just the way it was i mean they and then there was no nobody else around you know we worked a later shift in the small town so the deputies w- were off the road at midnight and the troopers were you know maybe off at one or two so yeah. there might be a call 20 miles out in the country and the dispatcher say hey can you go check that before i wake a deputy up yeah and you're so, like
0: sure something to do a little different yeah it was a little different style of policing my brother uh started out same time you did and back then i think cop jobs were hard to come by uh in the metro area or whatever and uh he started he was in benson minnesota for years mm-hmm. and he said at night it was like being a fire watcher i mean just look. there's it was so quiet
1: right amazingly
0: right. quiet and then going driving long distances to car wrecks yeah uh and then being by yourself for long periods of time before i mean you'll bet you learn some even the officer safety skills that
1: uh I well mean, you should, learn how to talk to people yeah. because you're the only one there i mean if the deputy was already off the road and they were asking you to take a domestic yeah. Yeah. you know 20 miles out of town you know and they would have to call somebody out if it got bad yeah. you just learned how to talk to people yeah. you know and i i think we've lost some of that over the years especially in the bigger cities where you maybe have to talk for a minute or two and you got plenty of help there you you didn't have that then it might be an hour 45 minutes or an hour before so we got there to help you.
0: Well, even not only that, but wanting to be be really judicious about making a cop come to help you. Right. You know, we're here. We we just keep coming until we get more cops, and you know what to do with sometimes. Right. Huh. That's cool. So that's a good experience that you had. I guess it's good, right? Right. And then yeah, you did suburban the, policing for a while, and then you
1: end up at St. Paul. Yep. Yeah. I uh, it was a different focus there too. It wasn't. A focus on arresting people on the small towns. It was more a focus of helping them work through their problems and yeah. solving the problem, because it wasn't like you had ten calls pending. You could spend an hour talking to somebody. And
0: well, and, and also too, I imagine um, you had to, you knew you were going to deal with them again. Right. Uh, it was guaranteed you would deal with them again. So That's you had correct. this interest in kind of like knowing that relationship. What you did or didn't do is going to. Affect well, the next the next deal. I mean, it happens with us here still, but it's right. Not the same. And
1: I and I grew up there, so I knew most of the people. Oh, you, you went know, to high because, school. And everything? Went to high school there. Oh. Grew up there, so oh. yeah. So a lot of times, you you know, I, I knew the people because I'd grown up there. You yeah. know, or and, maybe dealing with their parents, the kids that I went to school with. Sure. So
0: and then reminding of you of all the shenanigans <laughs> you did. Right.
1: Right. The, I get reminded of
0: that plenty. Did you have any? Um, Uh, or any relatives that were cops?
1: Uh, My dad was. He did 30 years in the military, uh, in the Army, and then when he got out, he was a lieutenant uh, in Surfside Beach, Texas, the police department there. And he actually worked there until he was still working when he passed away of a heart attack. Oh, goodness. So um, other than that, no other relatives that were in law enforcement.
0: Okay. Um, So that explains a little bit what you are doing before St. Paul, and you said you got there in... 95 or I can't remember
1: 95, 95 in St. Paul, yes. Okay. November 95.
0: Now, one thing I know about you is that uh, you've been on the SWAT team longer than all but one cop, right?
1: Uh, I believe so, yes. That's the that's the rumor. Well, you, we we
0: could just say what we want and then uh, Okay.
1: Yes, uh Bill Budet yeah. has me beat. <laughs> yeah. And he's younger than me, so I won't I won't beat him in time. Okay. So, he's How been, long is, How
0: long have you been on the SWAT team? Uh
1: 21 years. Yeah, that's a long time. Yeah, I've been lucky. Yeah. So um, it's been a good run.
0: Yeah. Good so, run. D- so um, SWAT, year, SWAT years really add up, too, because you watch how the job changes around that, how they utilize them may be different, uh, how you approach. I mean, I, I notice that just even searching houses with guys on SWAT team guys, like, wow, you're damn good at this.
1: Uh, we practice yeah. a little more than everybody else. Yeah.
0: So. All right. So you had, you like to SWAT stuff? You still do? Yeah,
1: yeah. it Keeps me feeling young. Yeah,
0: and those are the, that's the type of thing where I'm sure every call out, every exposure, every experience adds to this kind of library of knowledge for that stuff.
1: Yeah, and it, it, I think the philosophy years ago was uh, if you got five to seven years on the team, you know they rotate you out so somebody else could have a chance. And I think as that progressed, they realized that we needed people that had that much time or more experience because you know we're not that big of a city where there's so much to do that it's nice to have guys that have had more of a variety of calls that can that can help work through it
0: mm-hmm. so what's your job how do you describe your job now
1: uh just a patrol officer in the eastern district day shift yeah so it's pretty you know standard the same as the other guys out taking calls yeah but um east why you had east uh i like it I like the activity there. It's it's busy. Um, I've worked every district. Uh, When I first came on, I worked west. Uh, Then I tried to bid east to work with my old partner from Eden Prairie, who was working east, but I got bumped because of seniority to central. So I did a year in central, and then uh, I went to east after that. Uh, Did a short uh, stint in the academy as a liaison, Went to the motor unit after that for about six years, and then back to East, and that's where I've been ever since.
0: So, so even that short short stint in the uh, academy, that was, what, only months long, right? Right.
1: Yeah, about a year by the time I, because I, I got in there a little bit before to get things ready, then was there for the academy, and then after the academy, winding down and stuff. So I think it was nine months, maybe almost a year.
0: And then the motor's unit is uh, traffic work, or is that Yeah, that in, was all traffic. How long did you do that for?
1: I think six years. Oh,
0: okay. But you've only been in uniform. You've never got a so-called indoor job besides No,
1: the... no I like being out on the street. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So. I, and now I think you are, uh, we were joking about this. I don't know if you use this term, but you're you're kind of in that phase where you could say, uh, you can go ahead and put that one back in pending, I'm EOT, which is, which is a joke. Uh, <laughs> right, right. But What yeah, does that, that mean to the listener? That
1: means uh, as of tomorrow... I'll have thirty three years in para, and uh, I was fifty five yesterday, so uh, <laughs> I'm pretty much there where I could go at any at any minute. Yeah, when I decide enough is enough, yeah. I'll go.
0: Which, what kind of mindset does that put you in?
1: It's different. It, you, um, it's it's I don't know how to explain it. It's it's a new you know. For I've done the same thing for thirty three years. The thought of getting up and not doing that anymore what am I going to do you know I'm mean, going to have ideas that what I would like to do you know maybe try some other things but I haven't done those things I've just done this same thing for 33 years mm-hmm. so
0: what would you have done do you think if you didn't be a cop
1: well I wanted to be a game warden and that's what I went to school for that's what my degrees at natural resources yeah but back in the mid-80s uh affirmative action was huge and uh you know, I just, I scored in the top 10, 15, three or four times I took that test and didn't get, didn't get a shot. So I needed a job. I had a degree in law enforcement. Took the first one I could get.
0: Yeah. What did you, and uh, being an urban cop on the east side is very different than game warden work. Right. Um, I mean, do you, do you, I mean, I, I think of the guys that do the game warden, that looks I don't, I it wouldn't be a good fit for me, but mm-hmm. man, I can see why they love that work.
1: Yeah. You're, and especially for somebody that grew up in Northern Minnesota, hunting, fishing, yeah. snowmobiling, whatever. Uh, we didn't really have ATVs back when I was a kid, but uh, just being outdoors, that was a perfect fit for me, or at least I thought at the time, that's why I wanted to do that.
0: Well, how, how do you think you're going to do when you retire? I'm not pushing you out the door. As a matter of fact, it's irritating, isn't it, when people? Oh, I get asked that question every day. All the how long time? Are you got left?
1: How long are you got left? Right. What are you still doing here?
0: Yeah. Do you have a good joke answer for
1: him? Uh, no. I pretty much say I'm one call away. Yeah. You know? Don't <laughs> but, make me mad. Yeah. No, <laughs> one call going. no, nah, I don't think I'm gonna take that one. I'm. I'll be ot. How do you think you're gonna
0: do in retirement?
1: Um. I think I'll do fine. I just, you know, I have uh, three boys that uh, keep me, you know. Busy when they're home, and uh I've got lots of hobbies, and yeah, I I don't see any issue with, like I said, everybody tells me it's an adjustment, so I'll figure it out.
0: Yeah, a lot of people do great. Yeah, I'm I'm not trying to implant the idea
1: one way or the other. I don't right. Know, you
0: know, but uh, but it is a huge adjustment. You know.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I I know it's coming. I've been you know thinking about it for a while, and yeah. And, uh, you know, with the way things are going now in this climate and, you know, it's a different style of policing than, you know, my boys talk about that. They're, two of them are in the military and they talk about becoming cops. And they said, you know, the stories you heard 20 years ago is not this job anymore. It's a, it's a different style of policing. And Tell me more about that. Well, it's just uh, what you see every day. I mean, right now, when I first started, uh, just as an example, you know, there was a lot more trust, a lot more, you know, uh, respect came with the position. You know, when you went to court, there was no body cameras or in-car cameras, and your testimony was based on your training and experience, and you were believed And you know. uh, Now, if it's not on camera, it didn't happen. You know, they don't even want to charge it if there's no footage of your arrest or, you know, something like that. So that, that was, that's a lot different. I, many times I've called the county attorney or city attorney and said, why don't you charge it and let's go to trial and put me on the stand and because that's what I'm used to. I, let me testify and let's see who they believe, you know, and yeah. they just don't do that anymore. That's not the way it works. Wow.
0: That's so, a loss,
1: isn't it? Yeah, it is. You know, and, and some of it's our fault.
0: How's that? Well,
1: uh, you know, cops are famous for, <laughs> they, ruin, they ruin things, you know, we're really good at wrecking things for ourselves. Yeah. So, and I mean, not all the time. I, I'm not saying, you know. But we do, and I think over the years, that's, you know, maybe caught up with us a little bit, so.
0: Like failure to uh, police ourselves? Yes. Yeah. Um, some of the best leadership I've ever experienced as a cop is when uh, another cop will bitch out the cops. Right. I remember one time, I can think of a couple times, on the midnights, a cop coming in and saying, just so angry that he had been out on a stop and no one stopped by. Like, where were you guys? Why didn't you stop by? Why didn't you check on me? Other ones is, I remember another cop berating a bunch of cops for what he said was a cheap ticket. It was a bad ticket. He wrote a dumb ticket. And even in ambulance work, the senior guys used to do that. I mean, that's powerful stuff. Right.
1: We're all human beings. There's always something that, you know, there's something out there that'll push your buttons or, you know, and I've had it happen to me where guys have had to check me or say, hey, I got this, you know, and I've done it to people because that's what you're supposed to do is take care of each other and you can see it sometimes you know I I don't I didn't see it when it was happening to me until somebody would say hey I got this let me talk to him then later like you were getting a little fired up there and I'm yeah. like yeah that was pushing my buttons yeah you know and, I, and I've I've seen that with other officers and you step in and say hey that you know we can do that better yeah you know?
0: cop I'm uh, we talked about that last podcast about cops doing that knowing you've reached your you've got your button pushed and it's not going to go good for you and then they nudge you out of the way and and usually cops are grateful for it after the fact, but
1: right, I had it happen to me a couple of weeks ago. With you know, people are treating us. Some people are treating us differently on the street. I we still get thanked far more than we get yeah. yelled at out yeah. here. And uh, I I'm, the guy was pushing my buttons, and I had to call the boss to the scene. You better come out here sooner than later, because right. I'm going to lose my mind on this guy. Yeah, you know. And uh, so it, it happens. You know, I'm just older now and realize when I'm when that's you know probably going to do something that shouldn't do it
0: sure something you regret
1: (laughs) yeah i'm gonna regret later i was talking
0: to a copper today and he was just talking about the beating we're taking but he said you know i ended up having to work the state fair last time and worked the front gate and he had all these haters come by not all these haters not but just a constant flow of people and maybe even more now thinking i can't they're thanks so thankful because they know what a beating some cops are taking now and some people actually had a little fear in their eyes too
1: yeah, I, you know, if you watch the news, you think everybody hates the police, and that's not the case. I mean, we, you, I think the difference is, is you have very vocal groups that show up and and are loud and and make their case against the police, but you have three times as many people that support us that they just they don't gather like that. And I, I tell people that I was working an off duty job a couple weeks ago, and I probably had a hundred people during the day of all, you know, white, black a uh, Latino mm-hmm. come up to me and say, you know, thank you. We, re- we want you guys here. We appreciate you here. We're really sorry for what you're going through. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know, I really appreciate that. I hear that a lot. But it would be nice if 10,000 of you would show up at the Capitol and say we support the police because there's 2,000 people there last week that showed up that didn't support the police. And, you know, the squeaky wheel gets the, the oil, so to speak.
0: I think you make a good point because I do think we've gotten to the point where people should pick sides. Yeah. And, um, oh, you shouldn't, no, I, I do see people should pick sides. And it's, it's not enough to say, well, I support the police. You're going to have to demonstrate it because we're taking a royal beating here. And they're changing, you know, in a lot of ways, policing is, I think, being dismantled by idiots without a real plan for what they want to replace it with. Right. They just want to tear it down, which is really doesn't t- take much to deconstruct something. No. Try and it, try build something as complex as a police department
1: and maintain it. Right. And, and I think that that's like I said, they've always it's always been enough for them just to say thank you or do, I mean you go to any team house and find tons of notes there and food there and, and different things that people drop off. It just happened today at East Team Lady. Walked in the parking lot with I don't know, six or eight cases of Arnold Palmer and <laughs> and her kids all wrote letters and they and they just you know, and she wrote a letter saying you know we we fear for you guys and we support you it's like well that's really nice and it is but you need to stand up at the capitol and you need to say no we support the police and even the people in the inner city that are most affected by uh, crime and that they say thank you a lot and they want us there right but they're not their voices aren't really heard yeah you know and a, a small group isn't going to do it we 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 need a big group to show up that the that the news can't ignore. Um,
0: I think they do. I think they need to know what what's at risk here. Um, even our democracy is a lot more fragile than a lot of people realize, um, and uh, it, it wasn't easily won in the first place. No. Nope. And uh, I think it's 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 more fragile. That's interesting.
1: So I, that's just my feeling all the time. Sure. You know, I think that I think that there's you know a small group of people that in every city that get that make the most noise and we're not listening to the large group of people that support us we're listening to the small group because they're making all the noise uh-huh. so I, I i think it's time that the the other group steps up and yeah and shows some support i think that would be huge
0: do you have any um, buddies over in minneapolis
1: well, i do yes
0: how are those poor bastards
1: doing uh they're you know they're be pretty much firemen right now you know yeah. and, and 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 none of them that I've talked to support uh that uh, that officer and his his issue I mean but they've all had to deal with the outcome of that yeah. you know and uh yeah it's 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 a it's a different world over there for them wow and uh I think a lot of them would say the same thing I said earlier we are our own worst enemy you know we we sometimes we get in the way of ourselves because we're so used to doing. You know, cops don't like change. This is the way we've been taught. This is the way we're going to do it. And sometimes I think, uh, you know, you got to You got to change with the times. Yeah, I don't. I don't know anybody that likes change particularly. Yeah.
0: Um. But um. So do you think, I'm? Do you think policing is a thing that needs to change?
1: Well, you're going to get I, me in trouble on this one. Well, I my. Uh, One of my favorite lines is, is stop trying to fix the police and fix the neighborhoods. Yeah. You know, because you've sent us to every single implicit bias class, every uh, class, you know, to make me aware of, of what my biases are or aren't and how to be a better communicator. And we're doing all of that, you know, and things aren't changing. I like to tell people... I've been a cop a long time. I've been through a lot of chiefs, a lot of commanders, a lot of all good people, all good intentions. But they all have a different idea on what program's going to make that district better or make us more community-oriented. And nothing's really changed in 33 years. There's still good guys and there's still bad guys. And, you know, I didn't really see any of those programs that were huge impacts on police-community relations. Mm-hmm. You just haven 't that 's my own personal opinion, and some would disagree with that I would sure but
0: well I, I actually I like that phrase i've heard it before. Stop f- trying to fix the police we've been through police reforms again before right. and, and yes, all, all industries need to be improved and make progress, but uh, man i 'm not so sure we're the primary problem no, and if right. anyone needs to be reeducated. Maybe it's maybe it's the public, and yeah. they need to have a, some more curiosity be about what we do rather than just automatically condemning it out of confusion or misunderstanding.
1: Well, they always want us to be held accountable, which we should be, but where is the accountability on the other side? Absolutely. You know, a lot of people would still be around had they just complied and not escalated it.
0: In fact, we're in the so-called accountability business in the sense that we are parental in society, and we're like, you can't do that, and you know... I think what somehow happens is sometimes police uh, break rules themselves, mm-hmm. so that we look um, hypocritical and etc. and all that. But
1: we're not perfect. No, no human being is perfect. We're all imperfect, and uh, so there's guys that make mistakes. You know, and some people can learn from that. I've made plenty, and I've been fortunate that it hasn't cost me my career. Right. None of them were that bad. That or, you admit to? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like. Yeah, statute of limitations and up on a couple, but no, I, I we all make mistakes, and if you learn from them and don't do it again, then you know you can you can do that, then you're fine. But see, that's
0: that's um, so I think that's part of it is that why can't we talk in terms of mistakes? Why do we always talk in terms of evil motivations for what happens wrong? I mean, they call right. they call medical mistakes, right? Um, you know. Uh, but it's always framed up. Rarely are police. T- I, don't, I don't hear this language around police work that, about making mistakes. And here I just had a conversation with someone today too. Is sometimes, um, we, oh, we'll support you if you do the right thing. Well, we, we know that. Right. But what about if we do the wrong thing because it was the best of a bunch of wrong options? Right. That, that's the thing that I really find not helpful. Yeah, you'll support us if we do the right thing, but what if some of this, it's it's a mess out there, and and some of the options aren't very good.
1: And and we're not perfect. We make mistakes. We're human beings, And, and you can't have a policy or a mentality that you have to be perfect every time well because and, you can't be I and know, we make
0: remarkably few mistakes it's actually yeah. pretty dang remarkable i think
1: that's why they make the news so much because they don't happen. i mean look, chicago rarely makes the news anymore with all their yeah. murder rate because it happens so much but you know if it if it happened once a year where 30 people were killed over a weekend then it would be huge news but it barely is a blip in the news anymore uh-huh. you know because it's common
0: right um so anyway, what's the uh, so-called Book of Shenard
1: <laughs> Well, uh, Sergeant Mike Wills uh, is the author of that. Or he, maybe not the author. He's the pu- publisher. It was publisher. Yeah. Publisher, yes. He's the, the editor, publisher right? of that book. He uh, came up with that when he was a patrol boss on these days. And uh, I think there's two volumes now, two th- three-wing volumes here at the East. Well, these are it?
0: things that actually exist.
1: Oh, yeah. They're there. They're three-wing binders. They're on the counter for, he's got it back in the sergeant's office. It's. The book of Shenard Volume One, I think, is uh, how to make the job work for you, and and uh, there's a Volume Two. Um, I can't remember what the the title or the what that one is. There's two volumes. Yes, there's.
0: So the so, first one is um, the book of Shenard, The subtitle is um, how to make the job work for you. That's correct. What does that mean?
1: Um, I, I guess I always come up with uh, different anecdotes that. Over the years, and it's just kind of stuck that people think I'm always, you know, I'm scared. Oh, he's at SWAT training today. He's not on the street, you know. And then somebody said, "Well, I talked to a SWAT boss. There was no SWAT training, you know." <laughs> so, and I don't. I just have let that kind of expand over the years because it was always funny, I, you know. But uh, so people think that you know, oh, I'm at the range today. Wait, there's no range. There's no shoot going on, you know, <laughs> or something like that. You know, doing something other than working on the street. So that was. That's where that all came from. Because he was a patrol boss. And I'd be like, hey, uh, can I work the range this day, this day, this day, and this day? He's like, good Lord, when are you going to work the street? Yeah. And you always got some scam. Then you got SWAT. Then you got, you know, DT. Or then you got... So that's kind of how that all came about.
0: Sure. What so? Um, what else is there in there? Because I think it's kind of an intriguing idea that wh- how do you make the job work for you? Meaning, how do you put in 33 years at a busy police department and then... You work today, right? You work. I did p- patrol shift today. Yes. You hump calls. I mean, yes. maybe maybe a lot of guys defer to you like we do at our agency. They uh, cancel you, or I'm not sure what. what I do. It's like I, I get escape. canceled quite often. Yes. And what I mean by that for others would be that um, younger officers will say cancel him. I'll be primary on that. You still maybe show up or assist or whatever. Oh yeah,
1: way. I I do, and I but a lot of officers will routinely cancel me on calls because they're junior and, and they don't have, I mean, there's days it's hard to take a call sometimes because people are like, nah, cancel him, I'll take it. Yeah, or, you know, right. Which I appreciate, but I, I still try to take my share of calls.
0: Sure you do. But you also, uh, you when you show up, though, what's that? People, what do people, what's, I mean, even when I was a patrol boss, I really loved having really senior officers out there because I knew that they would tried they would man help manage the cops out there i mean yeah, it's a and powerful that, position
1: i find that happening a lot more uh it, what i've noticed a lot more is people kind of gravitate towards me when i show up well, probably because of the gray hair or something they're like you're the og i'm like what do you mean og you're the old guy i'm like thanks a lot because a lot of these guys have worked these neighborhoods so long they isn't isn't that original gangster yeah it might be <laughs> 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 they say old guy but uh Okay. So they're just, uh, but they know I've been around for a long time. And I, you know, I always was, I was taught, you know, when I first started this job, treat people the way you would want to be treated if you dealt with the police. And, you know, you'll have a lot less problems and, and learning, to talk to, learning to talk to people and things. And so um, over the years, you know, I haven't lived by that every minute of my career. Sure. But um, I try to, to, li- to live that mantra. So
0: You know, I, I'm glad you said it that way. Because uh treat people like you wanna be treated. Uh I don't know. I don't have that saintliness about me. You know, I mean you try, mm-hmm. you see right. that see value in it. Um, some people are real knuckleheads and need to be uh, put in their place maybe. Right. And ways. that
1: but they but they start there, I don't I don't I don't start what do you up mean? high. You know, when I yeah. go to a call or on traffic stop I yeah. start very professional, and very polite. And yeah. the only way that's gonna change is 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 how they react to me
0: yeah so of course that makes a lot of sense
1: and then and that's that's worked well for me that maybe doesn't work for everybody but it has worked well for me over the years i don't
0: well let me ask you i'm gonna uh, i do a little miniature commercial here okay but before i do the commercial i want you to just think about this when was the you don't have to answer it right away but when was the last time you said oh my god i thought i saw everything you know you know in the last year or so if you had a, a call or experience where you're not, wow, that's wow, that's a new one. So um, this is a commercial, and that is, um, let's see, if you enjoyed this podcast, you might be interested in my book. It's called Good Cop, Good Cop, A Get Healthy, Stay Healthy Guide for Law Enforcement. And I cover a lot of topics, some of which we talked about today. Uh, the book is in print or on audiobook, and you can purchase it at Amazon um, and you can also find out more information about, uh, the podcast, the book, and other things I do at good cop, good So anyway, is that, did you think of anything? Um,
1: uh, yeah, uh, I would have to say the riots we just recently had, probably the worst thing I've ever seen in my career. I've never, never, I mean, I see them on TV, but they haven't actually happened in the city where I work. I've, I've never seen anything like it. The RNC wasn't anything like that. The, uh. Stuff at the cat at the governor's mansion a few years back was nothing like what I saw that day on University Avenue. That was I was just amazed that that was happening in St. Paul. I th- I've always felt like we had a really good relationship with uh, people in this town. You know, other than the knuckleheads that you're never going to have a good relationship with no matter what. But a majority of the people, you know, we said, you know, I never we just didn't see those kind of problems. So that was uh, that was a big deal. Yeah, it is heartbreaking fit? Oh, absolutely. To watch standing uh, on the street, watching them inside the business lighting fires, yeah, and not being able to go in and get them because that's what you're taught to do is go arrest the. Arrest it the was. Bad guy. It was the...
0: very. I was there too. I mean, I haven't do police work as long as you, but I've been either doing this or ambulance work. I'd never experienced anything like it. It actually changed my mind a bit. Yeah. I mean, there was a change that happened to me. Um. Watching people actively loot, setting fires, uh, the vile things they said to us, oh. uh, the rocks and bottles, watching cops get knocked down, dragged off the line. Yeah. And then and, and, and even the more mild things like standing on the line and have kids younger than my kids blowing cigarette smoke under my shield. Yeah. And, and,
1: and I, I often worry about that in talking to younger officers um, to have to listen to that vile and have that happen to you day in and day out, because it happens now. They're very emboldened. Yes. There's a, not everybody, that small group that always wants to be the problem. And you, as a human being, I think you can only take so much of that, and, you know, somebody's going to snap. And uh, I, I hope it doesn't happen, but I, I just don't know how day in and day out and day in, you can take that being thrown at you without you just saying, I don't know if, you know, enough is enough.
0: Yeah, I don't. I don't know either. I think it's possible. This is an interesting thought, that it has more impactful for a guy like you or me um, than it is the young guys. The reason I say that is over the years I've had cops say to me, "Oh, Brian, you better check on those young cops. That that homicide was terrible, or this or that." And maybe a senior officer will ask me to do that. I'll go talk talk to the young cops, and they're like, oh, yeah, that was kind of wild. Uh, it was actually kind of interesting, or I'd never seen that before, or, oh, yeah. you know, They don't really kind of have a shelf to put it on. It's yeah. just a novel experience. And then it occurs to me it's the older cop that asked me to check on him that's the most bothered because he's <laughs> like, I don't want to see any more bad, ugly things. Right. I'm so tired of Got the enough, in, enough in, so. incivility, the, that kind of stuff. Um, and also, too, it's interesting for you to probably have – and let's just say the last year of your long career, th- the most impactful thing within the last year. And and simultaneously we had cops just out in FTO and just out of FTO. So at the very first of their career.
1: Right. Yeah. We have some people just getting done now and you know, I was talking to some last week and I'm like, Man, you have thirty more years of this on. I, I don't I couldn't do it. But it, it reminds me of the I don't know if that's an analogy, I don't have any
0: grandkids, but Grandparents aren't really equipped to raise the grandkids as well as the parent are. Meaning they're different generation. So maybe this different generation will go like, "Yeah, we get it. We're technology. You know, we we not we don't expect to be our word to be trusted in court. That type of stuff. They right. start out at a different different spot.
1: Yeah, that and that's that's true. They they they're they're trained differently. Maybe uh, it's hard when you've done it the same way for so many years and yeah. you know to I just I I can't even imagine. We never had people talk to us the way they do now, and and it's a small uh, group of people that that do that, but it, it wears on you when you deal with it every day. Every call you go on, you try to talk to somebody and they're over there, right. yep, yep, yeah, and it's like
0: well, like you said, embolden and even the, being emboldened to offer resistance right that's huge dynamic change. however, um I, you know I've been really I've been impacted by this thing and and also in my role. Observing how cops are impacted, but I stopped at uh, Central Roll Call. The, uh, they had a two p.m. roll call today, and I sat in the back and just like I do sitting in roll call, just see and be seen. And I sat there thinking these cops are so damn admirable, laughing, Laugh joking, teasing each other. Patrol bosses giving them advice and making fun of them, and all that kind of camaraderie. Really bright people, right? Bright men and women going out there to work and. Uh, pretty masterful how some cops are quickly adjusting to this way of approaching people. Right. You know, so I don't know. Um, I I, to, I actually don't know the impact of this big transition, but it feels very different.
1: Yeah, I think definitely times have changed. We're turning a corner. How, which way it's going to go, you know, I don't know. I I struggle with the philosophy that when they... When administrators get up and say it's just brick and mortar, we should leave it. Well, that brick and mortar is something that somebody maybe spent their whole life savings and half their life building up so that they could provide for their family, and now it's destroyed. And It's more than just brick and mortar to them. That's their life.
0: Yeah, you're it's talking about their, the looting and... Yeah, uh, the looting
1: and the burning. It's like, and the, the attitude of, well, it's just a building, so don't don't stop them people. Don't worry about arresting. You know, don't... We're not making any arrests or whatever the case may be. We weren't, we weren't staffed well enough to do that initially.
0: That's so interesting that you say that because the brick and mortar thing are two, two, uh, two ways of thinking about it, too, is that um, it's also disorder. Right. And disorder matters. Um, and also the brick and mortar is somebody's labor and has meaning to them. And even the, I was even thinking about them burning the third precinct. Not only is that an unbelievable symbolic loss, but I was thinking there's gotta be cops that had pictures of their kids on their lockers that are burned. Maybe the sap gloves that their uncle gave them that was on the job before they were and trophies and paperwork and funny jokes and all the symbols and to have lost that
1: Well, I've talked to officers from over there and they did, you know, family pictures were defaced where things were written on and the vile things written about their wife and kids. And yeah, so all that, you know, it's, it's more than just a building. And if you
0: know cops, like I know cops, which I know, you know, cops, like I know (laughs) cops, these are good men and women in, in all our imperfections trying to do this sometimes increasingly seems like impossible task.
1: Right. I, I, when you say knowing cops, I, you know, for as long as I've been in the many different several different departments that I've worked at, I, I cannot think of one cop that I have worked with or known that got into this job just to be mean to people or just to I, I just that's just not why people get into this job. And I, I think sometimes it happens, and there are guys out there like that. I just personally have never met one that was just a bad cop you know they're they're out there and i get that but yeah. i don't i don't think anybody ever gets into this job with that intention
0: yeah well, hmm. I tell you, I agree, I think. And even if that did happen, it's the humanity of it and all that. Um, I don't know if you know this. It's a dumb example. But did you know the New York City police Department had a cop that turned out to be a cannibal? All right. So you, so, so they, get, <laughs> right. pretty, they oh, yeah. get pretty bad out well, there. Well, they, they, they slip through the cracks. <laughs> uh, my, my but s- you've my never s- met a cannibal on the job. No, not that, uh, not that I know least, of. Not that I know of. But I, but I, I agree. It, and, and even all the vile things cops are accused of. And I don't think you're. I'm naive in this regard. I have not seen that. I have not witnessed oh. that. And if any co- failing that cops do, often it is being overwhelmed, unable to manage a super difficult spot. Sometimes it's being there you haven't slept enough. Right. You know, or, um, you know, a lot of things. So it's, it's... Yeah, I agree with you
1: on that. So, yeah, I, I just... I think overall they're good people. They 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 get into this job for a good reason and noble an reason, and some go wrong. And sometimes they, you know, that happens. We're humans, so. Mm-hmm.
0: So um. Before I wrap up, let me ask you: Was there anything you thought I was going to ask you about that I didn't? You
1: no, know, you touched on the book. I figured that was going to come up. I thought for sure the. You know, I, I had I brought up I guess how much I started out making, but I get asked that question all the time. Yeah. Uh, just because it's a funny story now, three seventy five an hour. People yeah. can't even imagine that. <laughs> I made three thirty
0: three. Yeah. On the ambulance, but. Uh,
1: so um. But
0: we had all the free dentures we wanted. I don't know if that counted. Right, dumb ammos joke. But anyway, go ahead.
1: <laughs> um. No, I I I didn't know really what you were going to say. Like I said, I listened to a couple of the podcasts just okay. to kind of. See if I could get the feel for what I was going to get, get into here. But uh, I've right. never done anything like this. So
0: Great. Well, I'm glad we did that for you and yeah. your sons to document this um, and the work you did day in and day out. Uh, any, any, uh, any you want to call out for anybody that's been, used, that's been helpful in your life? Or? Oh, my
1: gosh. Uh, everybody across the board that I've worked with has helped me in one way or another. I yeah. mean, there's guys that make me look good every day. You Know on calls and junior officers and other officers, uh, you know, we have the most incredible training staff right now. You know, at the training unit, they both firearms and RRA guys, it's never been better, yeah. And I and I was part of that group for a lot of years early on, and we weren't doing anything like these guys are doing. They're they're so far above what, what we used to teach our cops, and um, I, I just think they're second to none, okay. you know, and they they make me look good so. sure
0: well um that that's true i hear that a lot I, that's my observation as well yeah we got a lot of good people yeah really good yeah and so. we got a good city uh yeah. but it's suffering boy
1: yeah uh, and i i know a lot of guys uh, you hear younger guys that you know i've worked other departments and, uh the grass is always greener on the other side and uh we have people in our administration, you know, chief, assistant chief, or I feel they're doing the best they can for this department. I really do. And maybe everybody doesn't agree with that, but that's my opinion. They're doing what they can for us and they're in a time where there isn't a lot of support above them. Mm-hmm. And uh, so.
0: Yeah, that's got to be a real lonely job.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, no thanks. Yeah, that's a tough
0: one. All right, well, thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking time to do this. Thank you. um, Just uh, thanks to the listeners for listening to this, and uh, like
1: I say, get back to work. All right. All right, thank you.